Well, good morning, church. My name is Pastor Catherine Sullivan, and I uh, am so honored to uh, serve here at Radiant Life Church and to bring the word today. We just got a chance to see uh, some really cool things play out with our kiddos, and um, it kind of fits perfectly with what we're going to talk about today, but I'm going to uh, open in prayer, if that's okay, and then we'll jump into the word. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for uh, celebrating our kids and uh, celebrating the season, Lord. I ask that this message would bring you glory and that they would not be my words, but from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love it. So, so cool because um, today is a little bit of a different uh, service, a little, a little bit of a different feel today. So just bear with me because we're celebrating such a great season, aren't we? Isn't Christmas just so wonderful and uh, I love all of the fun of Christmas, but it's just the reality that we celebrate something uh, deeper than, than just uh, fun and glitz and presents, and we're celebrating Jesus, and, and that's the hope that we have that this world, um, some of this world just doesn't know that yet, and so when they celebrate Christmas, it's different than we do, isn't it? Because we're celebrating a living hope inside of us. So today, um, we're actually going to be talking about uh, generations, and the title of my message is Generation to Generation, and um, we're kind of going to tie in with having our kids up here and celebrating them. Isn't that fun to celebrate the next generation? Isn't that fun? Doesn't that make you excited? It puts a smile on your face a little bit. Uh, the reality is, in, in our world today, people are created for community, right? Aren't we created to want community? It's why you see in our world so many different groups that you can be a part of. And in college, you see fraternities and sororities. You see groups that people can become a part of. We've got Chi Alpha people in the house over here. And they're, yeah, they're all about community, right? That's how you get people to join the body of Christ is because people naturally want to belong somewhere. We do too, right? That's why we have the body of Christ. God literally created us to have a desire to belong. And it's so important because that is why Christ created what we have called the church. We're created to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And it's called community. This is why uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 through 25 says this. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what this is talking about is literally what we're doing here. We're, we're meeting together to stir up one another, right? The stirring up of one another is so important because we as believers cannot become stagnant, right? When, when water is not stirred up, it becomes stagnant and it grows things that are not good for it, algae and germs, and it's not healthy, it's not good, and it's the same as believers. And I love that the scripture says that we need to join together and stir it up, and I like that some uh, translations of this says, let us not give up. And you know why it says that? Because being part of a community, being part of the church isn't always the easiest thing, am I right? Because the fact is, is the church isn't perfect. And sometimes there's misunderstandings and sometimes there's hurt and there's things that are hard to work through. That's what community is. It's not perfect. 
And that's why scripture says, let's not give up. Yes, you could get hurt. Yes, you might have misunderstandings. Yes, there might be trying times. But the reality is, is, is scripture tells us, don't give up. The body of believers is here. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have decided you're part of a family greater than yourself. There is a kingdom that is greater than you, and we're all a part of it. And it's important to be part of the body of believers. It's important to be an active part. That's why it's called the body. What makes it whole is all of the parts coming together and operating the way they're supposed to. That's what the church is meant to do. Romans chapter 12 talks a lot about the community within the church. It talks about the different gifts of those in the church. And then I love that just a few verses down from that, it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Isn't that amazing? I think so many times we kind of fall into this rut of life where we've just decided that we're just going to go about our days and, and hope things are good. And then we come to church and we expect to be fed. We expect to get something when in reality scripture is saying you are meant to give. It says outdo one another in love. And some of you are in this room sitting here going, everybody's got to outdo, all right? Come on, someone's got to love me better, all right? Like, oh man, some of you are elbowing the spouse and saying, you could do better, you know. But you know something that's crazy, it doesn't just talk about those sitting around you, it's talking about you. Do you outdo your brothers and sisters in showing love and showing honor? This is what the church is meant to do. We're not meant to just come here and receive love and honor. We're meant to outdo it. It's amazing. Uh, after first service today, we were out talking to Jake and Sierra Conley, and uh, uh, Pastor Matt and I were like, let's, uh, let's go have dinner sometime. And, and Jake said, you know what, I'm going to outdo you, and I'm going to have you over, and I'm going to cook you a meal. And I said, Psh, I'm going to outdo you, and I'm going to bring dessert. Right? But that is how the body of Christ is supposed to work. We are meant to outdo one another in showing Christ. The way it is supposed to work is that I love Jesus so much that I want to, with all of my heart, show you how he works through me. I love him so much, I want to represent him wherever I go. And that means that I want to outdo you because that's what Christ would do. That's what the church is meant to do. Romans 12 tells us, outdo one another. That is meant to be our posture as a part of the church. Today, we're actually going to practice what we preach a little bit later on. And we're going to invest spiritually in one another. You see, when we talk about generation to generation, I'm not just talking about how we need to spiritually invest in the next generation. Although how many of you know that's important, right? We need the next generation to rise up. We need that. But you know what? There's also this important aspect of investing in the previous generation. Who came before you? How are you investing in them? We are not meant to be separate groups of people. We're meant to be the united unified body of Christ. It's important. The church is very much worth investing in. It is the body of Christ. Doesn't mean it's perfect, but it is community. 
So today we will practice that as a church. Today we're going to pray for one another. And not just any kind of prayer, but it will be very specific prayer today. And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, Catherine, is that a biblical model? Seems a little odd. I'm glad you asked. Because yes, it is a biblical model. And I'm going to throw some scripture at you just real quick to show you what it says about praying for one another. Let's start with something simple, like Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. James chapter 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20 say, Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. We see not only a mandate, but a model played out in Scripture where we are to pray for one another. And yet for some reason this is hard for us to do because we just get so set in our lives. We get so set in our day-to-day that I think we miss what community is really supposed to do. Have you ever heard the saying, I've got your six? I've got your six. This was created by fire pilot, fighter pilots in war. And it was created because when pilots are up in the air, there's quite a big blind spot behind them that they can't see. And so it was said by other fighter pilots saying, I've got your back. I've got your blind spot. I've got your six. It's what they cannot see. And I've got a question to ask you, church. Who's got my six? Who's got your six? Who's covering you in prayer? Who's got your blind spot covered? See, when we talk about community, we're talking about being there for one another and investing in one another. And that requires that when you see a flaw in a brother or sister in Christ, when you see something that seems off, you don't just go to somebody else and talk about how much you disapprove of it. When you see somebody gossiping, you don't go to your brother and sister in Christ and say, I heard them gossiping. It's a little ironic, honestly. Instead, you go to the Father. You see something in somebody else, pray for them. Because you know what? A lot of times those are signs of something else off in their life. Lift them up to the Lord. Lord, help them. Help them to see. Holy Spirit, convict them. Show them where they need to grow and mature in Christ. Father, show them the fruit of the Spirit in their life. That is covering somebody's blind spot. My son, he's uh, eight months old tomorrow. Crazy. Tomorrow he's going to be in college. That's how it feels a little bit. And you know what? I pray for Ezekiel all the time because Ezekiel is eight months old and he has no idea what to pray for. So I pray for him. I consider it my personal responsibility to pray for him for things that he's not going to know for a long time to ask the Lord for. So I'm going to start now. I'm going to cover his blind spot. 
And so I pray for Ezekiel. I pray for his spouse someday. I pray for early salvation in his life. I pray that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Those things are important because he has no idea to pray those things for himself. I've got his six. That's how it works in community. We need each other. We need to cover each other's blind spots. This world is no joke. There's a lot of attacks on the body of Christ. A lot of disunity and division. What would it look like, brothers and sisters, if we had each other's backs? If we helped each other out? Who has my back? Who has your back? Whose back do you have? Who are you lifting up in prayer? Are you investing in somebody else? I think those are all really important questions to ask this morning. Sometimes in the body of Christ, one of the biggest areas that we see separation is when it comes to generations. There's a lot of things that can separate us, amen? I mean, there's so many things that can cause us to join little groups of people and to not be fully unified. But one of the big ones is generationally. You know, it's really easy to stick with the people that talk the same way as you and live life the same way as you. And that's important in the body of Christ to have people walking the same walk with you. But it is also really important to realize that the body of Christ is created by all kinds of different people. And it's actually incredibly beautiful. It's so important. So when we look at the children up here, we need them. You want to know what's crazy? We need them for the church to survive. We need young people to rise up, amen? We need young people to grow up with a heart that is after God, that is hungry for the things of God. We need that. But you know what else we need? We need seasoned saints. We need people who have been there. We need people to invest in these kids. We need people to pray for them. They don't know what to pray for. And let me go a, a step further. I need somebody. I need somebody who's walked through what I've walked through. I need somebody who's older and wiser than me to speak life into me. I need that. And you know what? Every single person in this room needs somebody to have their six. And are we doing ourselves a disservice as the body of Christ? Are we simply just playing defense? Allowing whatever happens, happens. Or are we fighting for one another? Spiritually investing Allowing God to move, asking God to move on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's important. I would like to challenge you that I think in the body of Christ, if you have an issue with something or someone, I'd like to challenge you to be praying for them. And I think what's going to happen if you truly go to God with that person, you might see a shift. And unfortunately for some of us, this is going to be hard news. It might not be a shift in that person. It might be a shift in you. God is doing a work in his people. 
And I guess I'm wondering, is Radiant Life willing to be a part of that? Because what that requires is spiritually investing in one another. It's being simply the church. Isn't that crazy that God created something for us? He didn't just save us from our sins and say, good luck to you. Go figure it out on your own. In fact, I would challenge you that one of the most dangerous things you can do as a believer is to isolate yourself. Because when you remove yourself from biblical community, what happens is you allow other voices to speak in. You must have biblical, God-honoring community in your life. That's what the church is for. So today, we're going to do something pretty practical. It might be a little uncomfortable for anybody that doesn't attend this church on the regular. Uh, This isn't normal. This is totally different. But we're going to pray for one another. Is that okay today? Can we pray for one another and lift each other up? I'm going to invite Michael to come up here. And then I'm going to invite some students up here as well. Do I have some youth students in the room? Gideon, you don't have to. You're holding Zeke. Thank you. He got Zeke asleep today. He's got, he's got the touch with the little guy. We're going to start with this one. Here's what we're going to do. I, I have some papers that we're going to hand out to you, and you're going to have to be a little vulnerable today. You're going to have to admit your age. But what we're going to do is we're going to hand you a paper, and this is a tool for us to practice what we're preaching today. Because you know what? It's so easy to leave here and be like, yeah, we've got to do that and walk out. And that is not the purpose of church, for you to hear a nice word and say, yeah, that was good, and then leave. This is meant to change our lives. It's meant to transform. That's what scripture is for. So what I have here is a a tool for you to use to invest in another generation because sometimes we just don't know what to say. Amen? Do you ever pray for somebody? And maybe it's a family member. You've been praying for years, and you just don't know what to say anymore. It gets discouraging after a while. It gets hard to continually pray, continually believe God to do something. And sometimes you need some help. So what we're going to do is anybody in this room that is 41 and older, would you raise your hand? 41 and older. All right, you guys go hand them a paper. 41 and older. Keep your hand up till you get a paper. Yeah. Let me tell you a story about the paper that you're getting right now. On the top of it, it says, spiritually investing in the next generation. This paper was one that has actually was something that I received from our uh, general superintendent, Doug Clay, of, of the Assemblies of God. This is actually Doug Clay's paper. And uh, I was at, a, I was at a, a prayer thing with him one time, and he handed one of these to every person. And what he did was he said that he created this paper so that he knew what to pray over his grandkids. He said, I have to spiritually invest in them. Isn't that beautiful? 
And I'll tell you what, this really blessed me because I got this and I looked over it. And I read all the things that that amazing man of God was praying over his grandkids. And you know what I thought? I got a little jealous. And I was like, I hope someone's praying these things over me. I want someone to pray this over me. Everybody in the room that is 40 and under, would you raise your hand? All right, guys, go ahead. So after I had spent a lot of time praying over this paper from Doug Clay, you know what the Lord impressed on my heart? He impressed me to make one as well. I felt like the Lord told me, make one for the previous generation. Because you know what's amazing is we can't just pray over the next generation. Just like I want someone praying over me, I want to pray this over somebody else. These things are so important to pray. We must be prepared to invest in somebody else. And you see, young people, we don't get out of it. A lot of times we like to think, let's go ahead and just let the older people invest in me. No, it's your job to invest in somebody else. That's how it works. So now that you have your paper, did everybody get a paper? If you didn't, raise your hand. Okay, good work, guys. Good work. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask everybody that is 40 and under to stand up to your feet. 40 and under. Would you stand to your feet? In a minute... Everybody that's sitting down is going to get up and they're going to come pray for you. And we're going to practice what scripture models, praying for one another, outdoing each other in love and honor. And it can simply be you taking your paper and praying those points over them. Can I speak to you guys that are 41 and older for a second? As somebody that's under 40, praise the Lord. you. We need you to invest in us. I need somebody to invest in me. I speak for every young person in this room. We need community. We need people who are wiser than us to breathe life. We're hungry for it. If we're not mentoring and pouring into and investing in the next generation, don't, then don't you dare complain about it. If you're not investing, then don't complain about it. Can I just say that if the only time you are talking with a young person is to correct them, then you are shortchanging the next generation. If the only time you are talking to a young person is to correct them, then you are shortchanging them. Speak life. Speak scripture. Take them out to a meal, for goodness sake. Pour life into them. Point them to Christ. Ask them how their devotional life is. Pour life. When's the last time you looked at a young person and you poured life into them? In this room, 
We brought in all the kids too. They're all in the back. And so everybody that is 41 or older, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to get to your feet, to go to someone standing or one of the kids in the back and just pray for them. You don't have to stick to just one. Go pray over several. Go pray those points over them. Speak life. Spiritually invest in the next generation right now. Let's do it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for these young people. Thank you for raising up another generation, God. Thank you for the young adults. Thank you for the children in the back. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for them. Lord, we pray that nothing will interfere with them coming to Jesus. We pray that they will accept Jesus at an early age, influenced by what they've observed in our lives. Lord, I pray that they will learn how to love and treat others like Jesus commanded them to. I pray, Lord, that they would experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit and that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit at a young age in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that their thought life would be pure. We pray that they will honor the Lord with their bodies, Lord. Help them to realize they are a temple created by you and that they are made in your image, God. Father, we pray that they would not be unequally yoked in marriage. God, we just lift up these young people, the children, the teens. We ask, Lord, that you would bring them godly and honoring spouses in Jesus' name. We pray over our young people that are married. Make their marriages rich, that they would seek you first, Lord. That you would be the center of their marriage. Heal anything that's been broken in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that they would honor you with their calling. God, call them forward. Fill them with boldness in Jesus' name. Help them to find what it is you're calling them to, God. Open their eyes to see. Lord, we pray that they would develop a spirit of generosity with their resources and their time and their efforts. God, make them generous in the kingdom of God. Lord, we pray that they would pray these same prayers for their children and their grandchildren. God, let legacy start with them in Jesus' name, that the young people in this room would be filled with the power and the presence of Jesus, that legacy would start with them, that generation after generation would honor you because of their obedience now. Anoint these young people, Lord. Fill them with your spirit, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your church, God. Thank you that we are created for community, Lord. Thank you.
can start to make your way back to your seat. get back to your seat. Next, we're going to pray for 41 and older. Gosh, I'm so thankful for you guys. And thank you for wisdom. I'm thankful for wisdom and thankful for experience. While we were about to prepare to pray for 41 and older, I want to talk to the young people because you're about to go pray for the previous generation, I want to challenge you. This is a great, both of these are really great to have when you don't know what to pray. In fact, we're going to put, I think they already did, if there is any left, putting them on this side, or both of them, both sides. They're in the hallway on both sides if you want to grab one of the other prayer cards afterwards. But to my young people in the room, can I encourage you? Unless you work with those who have come before you, I truly believe you'll be ignorant. My young people, you need the previous generation. Unless you work with them, you will be ignorant of truth. An author named Michael Crichton said, if you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it is part of a tree. Young people in this room, you need those who have come before you. You need to know them. You need to have community with them because they help you understand what your part is in the kingdom. They've experienced things you haven't yet. They've learned hard lessons that maybe you don't have to learn because of them. When you lift up the previous generation as we pray for them, Ask God's anointing on these people. They've come before you. You desperately need them in your life. We must honor those who come before us. Young people, scripture is full of biblical models of people learning something from someone ahead of them. Let's do that too. So can I ask everyone that is 41 and older to stand in this room? Yeah, stand up. We're going to get some prayer today. Yes. God has something for you. Life is precious from conception till death. God has purpose for every single person who's breathing. That's why it's important for us to spiritually invest in those older than us because they aren't done yet. They're still learning and growing too, just like us. They need our prayer. The enemy will try to tell us we don't need each other, but this is a lie to destroy the very purposes of the church. We need one another. So young people, would you go to someone standing up right now? Even the kids in the back, go to your parents, go to somebody and pray over them. Take that prayer card and pray over those who have come before you. Spiritually invest in them. Ask God to move. Let 
Let's lift them up. There's several over here that are standing that need prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Got some right here in the middle of the aisles that need prayer. Young people, go pray for them. such a time as this. Lord, we pray over those that have gone before us. We ask that nothing will interfere with them coming to Jesus daily. Relationships would be healthy, their marriage, children, grandchildren, and friends, etc. Lord, bless them, fill them with your spirit, God. Lord, we pray that they would experience a continued outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they would be passionate about mentoring and working alongside those who will continue the church. Hallelujah. Give them passion and excitement for what is to come, God. Give them that energy, Lord. pray that they would experience health physically and mentally in Jesus' name. We pray that they would be blessed and honored for their hard work. God, bless them. Bless their homes. Lord, we pray that they would be empowered and bold to share their faith. Fill them with your Holy Spirit's power, Lord. Father, we pray that they would steward what God has blessed them with and be generous to the kingdom. God, their resources, their time, and their efforts. Lord, help them to want to serve you in those ways, God. Give them that passion. We pray, Lord, that they would have renewed stamina and strength in their faith. In Jesus' name, daily, Lord, give them renewed stamina and strength in their faith. Renew it, Father. Bless them, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for these people. 
for the church. Thank you for setting up a model, Lord. for being in the church today. Thank you for being a part of the church, ministering to one another. One time I preached a similar message and I talked about who's got your six and my mother-in-law was in the room and I said, who's got my six? And uh, in the crowd, she yelled, I do. And it brought me so much joy because the truth is, she does. My mother-in-law texts me every few weeks and just simply says, how can I be praying for you? And you know what? She really follows through when she says that. She prays. So I always make sure I think it through and figure out what do I need covered in prayer? What blind spots do I need covered? And I just wonder, maybe we need to be more like that. Just reaching out, finding out where, how we can pray for one another. Investing in one another. Thank you for praying. I'm going to ask all of my kiddos to head to the back wall. Thank you for joining us, kids, and praying. My church family, we must lift each other up in prayer. If we don't, who will? We must, we must invest in one another. If we don't, who will? I don't want to be the only one in my life praying for Ezekiel. I want someone to invest in my son. I don't want to be the only one speaking life. Pastor Matt and I don't want to be the only ones pouring into the teenagers. Shameless plug, we need volunteers. The kids in youth ministry, we need people to invest. Church, the last, the, the, the whole thing of prayer, the funny thing about it is this is the least we can do. But yet this is one of the most powerful things we can do. It doesn't take much effort. continue this. Let's not just leave here and leave it here. Take those papers. Use them. Pray over those in your life. Pray over your church family. 
invest spiritually. There's not many more investments that are better than that. Let's leave here and be the church today. I'm going to pray and then we'll dismiss. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the church, the model that you've created for us to be. Help us, Lord, to lift one another up, to be Christ to one another. Lord, I pray that you would tear down divisions. You would help us to be unified as your body. We love you, Lord. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. God bless you.